0: So we are in Shah Precious, um, winding down close to the end of the safer, a lot to uh, look forward to. And um, I guess we can decide what we're going to do after we're finished. We have some time for that. But we are in the third parak of Precious. And um, it's a while since we met. But basically, just to quickly review uh, in the third parak, we're in the middle of the third parak, and the third parak he divided. Sort of good preachers and bad preachers, and when we where we left off was basically the three different categories of acceptable preachers. Meaning preachers, even though they have there are different levels, and there's preachers that's really hits it on the mark where a person has things balanced and is still part of society. Um, the other two preachers types of preachers we talked about are still preachers that that are noteworthy from the point of view that a person is motivated to, to do what he's doing and to abdicate from involvement in this world and physical pleasures, et cetera, et cetera, for the sake of getting close to Taqadosh the Baruch Hu. There are three different ways of doing that. One is farther away from the, the way it should be. One's a little closer, but still not there. And the final one is what really nailed it, where a person... Uh, is involved in this world but never really puts an emphasis on it to any great degree so uh, it's he's not a hermit he's not some kind of a, per, a person hiding out in some you know a mountain in a cave in a mountain meditating and totally distinct even uh, from the world and separate which is one of the categories but the one that's preferred is to somebody who is, is somebody who really has it balanced in a in a perfect way completely disregarding the relevancy of of any real materialism obviously to the extent that we are involved through mitzvahs in the materialistic world that's fine but to the extent that it's materialism for materialists for materialism's sake to that extent it's not fine and that's where we ended last time we are now going to do the three types of people who are in it for not the right reasons because he started off by breaking uh, precious into two camps the so the good precious and the bad precious, and each one has three categories. So now we're going to do the three categories of the preachers that's not really uh, right. It's not really rooted in the, in the right motivations. So I have it on page, Reish Nun Vav, depending on your particular Cholos We do the Leif Tov on the bottom of the Sefer. Oops, let me get these other people in. We have a new, uh, Zoom has new rules now. And you have to, if you don't have a special code, you got to let people in in order for them to join. Okay, but right now everyone is in, so uh, we're good. I'll try to look up everyone's while to see if we can, uh, anybody's waiting. Okay, so um, the ala Misnagim. So I am uh, up to, uh, we're about to start the 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 uh, paragraph that begins, the Elah Misnagim. Um, and, and like I said, it's beginning to describe the types of precious that exist within people that are not motivated for the right reasons. Okay, uh, so let's let's dive in. We are in Perigimal in sharp Precious, in the middle of the of the chapter. And if you have any questions, please do not uh, hesitate. You can just unmute yourself and chime in. Uh, or there is, I believe, a chat available as well. You can type your questions in and Hopefully, I will see them uh, sometime during the evening. Okay, so let's let's go. These are the types of people that I'm about to describe that involve themselves in precious with the intention. Ironically enough, it sounds almost oxymoronic uh, in the sense that what do you mean? How do you how do you involve yourself with precious for the sake of gaining financial or materialistic? Remuneration—that doesn't sound right, but believe it or not, yes, there are people who do that. Okay, and they—they—they are involved with precious in order to derive a benefit from it, involving this world. Their precious is only superficial; it's only it manifests itself physically on the outside, but inwardly. In their hearts, in their inner inner core of who they really are, they're not prushim. They're not really being said, being uh, disconnected from the physicality of this world. Not at all. Uh, they just conduct themselves this, that way so people can really say, "Wow, that's really something. That's um, uh, that person's very impressive." But in reality, with all of their actions, they have not. They're not really conducting themselves properly when it comes to precious. Gam heim, and those types of people, these three non-acceptable precious types of people, um, these are, are divided into three categories. Gam Kitos. They can be divided into three groups. It's fascinating the way people think. And I think if we actually thought about this, I think we can probably, oh, I know that. I know that person. Yeah, that's a person I know. Um, and or at least sounds close to somebody that we might know who maybe on the outside seems extremely uh, holy, but when you get a little bit beneath the surface, you see that that's not what, really what's going on. And, and, and you know what? They can fool people sometimes. And it's interesting that he finds it important to sort of know as we're going to go, hopefully we'll get to the next peric as well tonight, he gives a litmus test as, as to know, to determine which precious is this person actually involved in. Good precious or bad preachers? So let's let's see what he's talking about. The first group of people are those who completely sort of muzzle their passions um, uh, from uh, from really attaining anything of what this world has to offer. So that the whole world should know and think and write, you know, cover stories about them in all uh, different magazines. That everyone should know that they're a tzaddik. And this is their number one agenda, that everyone should know that they are very special. People should praise them. Oh my gosh, you know, this is uh, a great person. The guy doesn't eat, uh, barely eats, and the guy barely sleeps, and, uh, and everyone's talking about him. He's such a kind person. He's always helping everybody else out. And it sounds amazing that people will be motivated by this to the extent that they're going to really, in a sense deprive themselves of the physical world so is somebody that desperate for honor and for fame that they're willing to deprive themselves of of physical attainments and the answer is believe it or not yes in order for people to reach their ultimate level of taiva, you hear this a person's the goal is for me to be self-absorbed in physicality the goal is to me, to for me to have all access to all of my passions. But they, but the, they calculate that the way to best do this is for me to be seen as this incredible tzaddik, and as a tzaddik, I'm going to get every every door open. As a world class porush, I'm going to get every or every door open for me. There can their involvement in all of this appropriate and saintly behavior. just for looks, just for how it appears to the outside world, that people should give him business and and opportunities, uh, you know, to, to sort of cash in, people give them a lot of money, this way people have, you know, put money in them, in this person, and I'll invest in you, and I'll trust you, and I, you know, I don't want to get too too specific but it's sometimes it's amazing how there are people in this world and i'm not i'm not judging them but in terms of i don't know at all what their motivations are but it's incredible how much money they will they will be able to gather from people who basically is the the, the, they will say write the check out for this amount of money and they'll just say fine and you know they they, the um if 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 this person would say jump and they would simply say how, how high because they're enamored with the impression that they are so holy, and really what could be guiding them again I'm not uh, you know I'm saying that's what, what it is but you definitely see people who who are able to attain tremendous amounts of wealth from their piety that is something that are, that we do see and again if the person takes all that wealth and throws it towards Ruchnius and towards other people and doesn't take a penny for themselves is one thing. When a person is enriching themselves through all of the piety, then it becomes something that you need to be concerned about. And I guess we'll get to the litmus test later to see if it's proper or not. The he knows that people will reveal their deepest secrets to them because they believe that they're amazingly holy people. Sadly, that this person, I don't know why he needs to go to this extent, but literally I will take that information, this person says, and use it against them. This parush, okay, in his holiness, in his outward holiness, actually uses the information that he gets from people and the confidence that he is uh, he able to uh, uh, gain with them, to actually use it against them and to and to stab them in the back. But ultimately he can... be able to hurt them and damage them. Doesn't sound very appealing. This sounds like a pretty sleazy fellow. And look what he says. It's a pretty strong statement. These groups of people, people who who express outward piety for the sake of self-aggrandizement and self-promotion and ultimately uh, self-worth and riches, these are the worst of all groups of people. He says, He called this is the lowest and the worst of people that you'll find of any group. And they're farther away from the truth than anybody. So in all of their piety, what they're doing all the time, since it's literally rooted in a completely opposite direction, it's for self-gain and self-promotion. Literally, it is it is horrific, and it's the farthest from truth of anything. And it's, it's more shameful than all of them. And about these people, the Pasuk talks about them. And he says, Their tongues are like arrows that are very sharp. They cut. And they, uh, they break people in, in two. Okay, he speaks deceitfully with his mouth. Shalom He speaks peacefully with his friend. He looks like everything's fine. But inside, he's lying in ambush. He's waiting to destroy this person. So it's pretty, it's pretty frightening. that you can have somebody, and clearly, he's able to fool people. And that's what his motivation is. His motivation is to fool people, and they can get away with it. It doesn't seem like this is a person who is going to ultimately be caught, so to speak. So I guess, um, I guess that's why the Chobos Habavus feels a need in the next uh, chapter to tell us, how do you tell? Because he doesn't want us falling into this trap. I mean, if we trust these people, we give them everything. And all of a sudden they take the money and run and they disappear and they do horrific things. And we know, we know stories. I mean, uh, you know. I'm sure all of us, one way or another, have heard a story. that seems so trustworthy, seems so so religious. Everything looks so good, and he had such a great opportunity. And I, I, I gave him my life savings and whatever, and I was going to get back fifteen percent. And all of a sudden, uh he disappears and he's nowhere to be found. So th- these are not unheard of situations. That's category number one, and it's the worst one. Hakata shnia, the second category. And again, just remind everyone, if you do have a question, if anything's unclear, do not uh, be afraid to either put it on the chat or to unmute yourself and ask. Um, Okay, let's continue. The second group of people, they, they are able to attain some level of earthly possessions. But because they see that people don't get to keep their possession. They see a lot of people, oh my gosh, this person lost this, they lost everything there, invested in the stock market, and it's all all downhill. All different factors of what happens to people, that, that's scary. So there are people who see that, and if they're lacking bitachon, and they don't have this, this uh, trust of, you know, walking with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or that whatever they own, the value of what they own has gone down, right? Like the stock market, either they literally physically lose it or they, or the value of what they have goes down. Because they don't have trust in God. They are miserly and they're constantly gathering up and saving everything that they have and all the money that they would typically use for food They're saying, no, 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 we can't afford to buy this. We can't afford to buy that. Who knows? We might lose everything tomorrow. So we're going to have to eat cornflakes and Rice Krispies for dinner for the next uh, basically 20 years because I can't afford chicken. I can't afford meat. What happens if we lose everything? What happens if there's a, you know, there's a civil war and we have to, you know, uh, we hold up in some uh, mountainside in Montana, what are we going to do? You know, there are people who have this fatalistic approach to, to life. So um, so what do they do? They're constantly saving everything. <speaking> they subjugate their passion. And if you ask them, what are you doing? They're not going to tell you they're panicking about future. And they, they, they don't want to have, you know, a, a chicken for supper because they want to save all their money. They're, they say, oh no, we don't need it. You know, uh, we're perfectly fine eating the, base, the most basic things. Who needs all this luxurious kind of stuff? So th- their outward reasoning l- looks like precious and sounds like precious, but it's not motivated by precious at all. <inaudible> but the truth is, <inaudible> they love this world. They want to make sure they have enough in this world. We told, and, and and because they love this world, they want to make sure they have enough for those rainy days that might be around the corner. And we talk because of their their zeal to acquire more and more possessions, we talk and because of their concern that they should not become impoverished, they have this absolute abject fear of poverty. We and because of the lack of of acceptance of whatever Baruch was has given them because basically you should say you know Hu provides let me live like a normal human being now so that um you know so that we can function in a healthy way and uh Baruch will take care of us, okay, he gave us last week's money, he'll give us this week's money, and uh, why should I start panicking and then not spending because of my concerns that are extreme. About such a person, Shomel said, the wise one, ish we just read it on Shabbos morning. There's a, there are people in the world that God gives them wealth. What do they do with this? With it? Does not allow them to enjoy it. Because he sort of, I guess, not that he makes them this way, but he maybe gives them this, this inclination, because we are all, all, all born with different traits, but one has to overcome them. But there, there are people because of their attitude about life, where they can't enjoy what Rosh gives them. They simply they, they can't spend on anything. So it's not that they're you know truly pious, saintly um, people who who are parished, who move away. They abstain from things, but it's because they literally are too nervous and two desires of, of uh, amassing greater amounts of money and having more money in the bank uh, to calm their fears. That's k- level number two. Also not real precious, but certainly not as bad as the first one. Bekata is in the third category. They don't have the ability at all. There's no money there. There's no nothing there. They're just, they're poor. Well, and they're literally not making it. And, you know, there are people, Nebuch, they just somehow, because Baruch did not give them the mazel to be able to make money. And they're always struggling. And they're, and they're, they don't, they're, they're not putting two and two together. They're not making ends meet. el and It's a, under extreme difficulty that they're able to manage in a very impoverished state. As we know, people, Nebuch, who are just, uh, you know, it's not their fault, but they're their lot was to be needy, and their their lot is to not have. But people, instead of sort of dealing with it in an open, honest fashion, because they have a lot of pride in their in, in their own you know uh, way of uh, being seen in the world. So, in the absolute small amount that they have, they're totally happy with that. And they're, they're not going to look to gain any more. Why? Not because they don't want materialistic things. They don't even really have enough them of what they need. They really need a little bit more. However, they're not going to even show that. They don't want to come on to anybody. They don't want people to know that they're so poor. So they make believe that everything's fine. They don't want to ask other people for, for handouts. They don't want to ask for gifts, for loans, for nothing. Uh, I, I don't want to come out to people, which, again, sometimes is a legitimate feeling, but sometimes it's its image as opposed to a concept of trusting in Kodesh Baruch Hu. It can sometimes be a subtle difference. So in order to save themselves the embarrassment, they completely subjugate any desire for anything. Oh, we don't need a car. It's fine. We're good. You know, we love uh we love walking, you know, and again it it really depends where it's coming from, these motivations. The slave limb may rov and they're they are able to endure famine, and lacking clothing, they shall use the kukum as they don't want to ask people, do you have hand-me-downs? Do you have uh, clothing you're gonna be giving away? They're they're 2 they're, they're literally two... Frightened that people should find out about this, so they just conduct themselves in a way where everything is good. We're just we are the super Prushim in the world, and we just we don't need anything. We, we you know we learn the chavasavavos and we're fine with the most minimum bare essentials of life. They shlois bazway in order, and they do this in order to not be embarrassed by having to ask them for anything. They shouldn't be embarrassed and shamed. So, their, their outward reasoning for the way they conduct themselves is precious. We are holy people, and we like to conduct ourselves like, uh, like holy people. But in reality, it's not, it's not about that at all. It's about the fact that they're not, they're not able to, to uh, confront their reality and be willing to come onto people for help, and sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have no choice. Then you 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 know you you go on the uh, GoFundMe page and you and you you know reach out to people and people help. So it's not uh, when you need it. It's acceptable, but they're so they're so not able to handle that that they have to promote themselves as Prussian. As we turn the page, if you want to know the truth, so how do you know? Okay, this could be pretty confusing. There are people who can, are good actors, and especially if you like that the uh, first really you know low type of uh, person who literally uh you know wants to be like the biggest sadic so they can gain from all of the uh, exposure how do I know okay so he says if you want to know the das okay, one more time if you want to know the true intention and motivation um if somebody says I'm a parish, which is <laughs> probably not going to happen in the good parish. Very, you're very probably, you're almost, you know, really going to hear from a true parish that I'm a parish. He's probably not going to talk or she's not going to talk that way. But if you hear from people that they're prushim and you want to find out in Kavanassam, he de a Torah. Are they prushim because they want to fulfill the Torah in its purest form? Or is it because they want to gain benefit for themselves in this world? You can check. Okay, this is one of the most amazing litmus tests that you can create anywhere. I think this chapter, the sex chapter we're going to learn, I think it's, people have to just translate it in because it is like the ultimate that we can take about ourselves and about other people, in terms of, you know, not that we're into judging, but again, in, this, it, in case it comes up, uh, but it's a great uh, peric to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, how much of this am I doing? And how much of this should I be trying to be doing? Okay, but we'll get to it uh, momentarily. Um, you can test them based on certain types of conduct, and there's a lot. I mean, I don't know, there must be 40 different elements. I didn't count, but there's a lot of elements that he's going to talk about in the next chapter about what a true parish does, whether it's it's truly shalim, it's pure and holy and complete. Shashka, some, is I'm about to mention it with God's help in the coming chapter. behem if you test them and see these type of behaviors, in this individual, if you find these qualities, you know they're the real deal. And should you connect yourself to them? 100%. Are they legit? 100%. But if they're not consistent with all of the different things I'm about to mention in Perek Dalit, you can know absolutely. It's a sheker. It's just not true. Now, it's really it's fascinating, and it's something that really requires a lot of uh, thought and analysis, because he's about to go into an incredibly uh, detailed articulation of an incredible person, of a person who has the most impeccable uh, nature, the most impeccable personality, the most impeccable midos. He's about to really describe uh, almost an angelic individual. And what's interesting is that we really didn't talk about all of the angelic qualities. All we talked about is somebody who is refraining from really participating in this world. But I guess they sort of have to go together. The the lesson we sort of could draw from what we're about to learn is the fact that you can't just be a parish in a vacuum. You, You can... Maybe fake it as we as we saw from the last three that those are basically people who are not sincere and not doing it for the right reasons, but if you're doing them for the right reasons, these are going to go along with it because if you know if you, you can't have negative character traits as we're about to see and at the same time be devoid of only of all these physical trappings for the right reasons. That because otherwise it doesn't, you know, the test doesn't make sense. Because if you're only testing yourself in one area and um and you're only sort of becoming special in one area, then why would all the other things automatically have to go along? So you'll see you'll see what I mean in a minute, but it's something to really think about that how does all of this that we're about to mention reflect on this perspective of I know why I'm in this world and I am only partaking of it the right reasons so it, it means really that the point I'm trying to make is that when you have that perspective all these other things uh, seem to go along with it and that's really the core of developing you know the the total Torah personality so let, let's dive in uh, uh, to, and let's see if we can finish pergdala tonight and let me explain to you what these incredibly unique amazing qualities of the proper Desirable, precious is, or are. What, what are they? The, the different behaviors of a true purush, a chassid once described as follows. So again, chassid here doesn't mean the post-Bal Shem Tov movement, chassidus. It's referring to a saintly person, uh, no matter where he comes from, because this was pre was pre Tov. Uh, the Chavos Abavos, um by a good few hundred years, so so what, what is a parish? Please describe a parish, and here it comes: a true high level, legitimate parish, the kind that we talked about last time, not tonight, tonight we talked about the negative parishes, but last time we learned, we talked about the wonderful parish who has this perfect balance of understanding what this world is about. So, what type of behaviors can you see about this individual? So, here we go. A parish has joy on his face. Number one, you see him, or her. Everything, I might say he, but of course it goes both ways male, um, male or female. The Evoi boy. Whatever sadness there is, is in the person's heart. They don't show the sadness if things are tough, if, if things are difficult. that's They keep that in their heart. But simcha is on their face. Shalom Higdol Mo. sort of the broadness of thought, the broadness of mind, the clarity to understand things properly is extremely great. Uh, as he explains on the bottom, okay, when you are not into the physical world and you have time to develop uh, a very broad, clear thinking process. The person's very humble. He's low-spirited. There's no, there's no haughtiness there. The person doesn't harbor hatred. He's not desirous of that which doesn't belong to him. You'll never find this person ever talking negatively about another person. If you're a parish, I mean, and again, I mean, we'll, we'll do the whole thing, but the truth of the matter is really there's so much to analyze that each one by itself, you might ask yourself, what does this have to do with preachers? Why can't I be separate from the world and not be involved and have some of these, uh, or not have some of these things that are so virtuous? So apparently they really all mesh together, and they're, it's almost impossible to have uh, some without the other because these are all litmus tests. Apparently all of them are... Are critical to, to develop the, you know, the poorish personality. He doesn't, the, the person doesn't desire anything which does not belong to, to, to them, nor do they ever speak negatively about other people. In general, they don't talk about other people. They don't say negative things of other people, and they don't generally talk about other people, right? They're just not their thing to start butting into other people's business to find out what's going on with this one and that one and uh, all the latest gossip. It's not the not this person's thing. Kumois is The person's not looking for greatness. He's not looking to be recognized as some major hotshot. Vesonias asrara. Person runs away from any type of official position. He's not looking to to be anybody who's going to be a boss over other people. Kumu yushiv Person's calm. Yishavadash. Person's calm and. Uh, and uh, tranquil in terms of their whole approach. Zohar hakol have, they have impeccable memories. Mode uh, alames they admit to the truth when truth hits them between the eyes. They say you're right. You got me. It's uh, you're right. Baishin mode they have a quality of 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 being sort of embarrassed and um, modest and uh, they shame easily. In other words, they have this this. Um, it's a humility with a modesty. That's one of the virtues of Klai Yisrael, right? They go, uh, and Gomlech Hasadim. Um, and uh, so Baishon, the, they have this sort of shame to not sort of be brazen and, and arrogant. They don't cause damage to other people. If, you, if they're laughing, they're laughing a little. They're not like laughing off, you know, off, off, off the wall and just screaming in loud laughter. When there's anger, it's external and shown, but it's not really anger reflective of what's in the heart. Because there are times that a a Jew could show anger, as the Rambam tells us. But even when they're allowed to do that, it can't be true anger. It's got to be feigned anger based on a situation that demands it. But doesn't it can't be anger in the heart? The extent of the joking will be a smile. They'll smile. um, You can see it on their face, but they're not like uh, rolling on the floor. When the person asks, they ask because they want to learn something. There's great wisdom there. Great humility. When that person resolves to do something, it's rock solid. It's concrete. There's no wishy-washy wavering. Hulloi pauses. The person's not um pachas uh, kamay, impetuous and just sort of uh, flighty and quick to, to do things, lightheaded. No, no, there's there's a real stable approach to life. That's why the person will almost never make mistakes. The Kucha He when he when he argues, he argues logically, with reason, with uh with a uh, mature approach of logic, which and when he responds, he responds in a uh, respectful, honorable fashion, where he will give honor to the person who was asked who asked him this question. Gam um, When he does get angry, he's right. When the, he he has a good position, doesn't just get angry for no reason. It's there's a reason for it. He, there's a there's a justification for it. When a person comes and says, can you please forgive me? The person right away shows compassion and says, of course, you're forgiven. of His friendship is pure. There's nothing alternative. There's no um, uh, types of calculations as to why you can rely on my friendship. I'm a friend because I'm a friend. His bond to people is... Very, very powerful. Ubriso and his covenant is trustworthy, the person is there at all times. Probably more than forty. When God decrees something in this person's life, the person accepts it. These Murritza. Moshe Bitro controls his his In Madabra doesn't speak harshly about people who cause them damage. So you slashed my tire, or you backed into my uh into my bumper. Uh I'm not angry, I'm not going crazy, I'm not uh can't believe you did that. What what why aren't you looking? What what kind of person are you? No. Okay, there's no harshness when then when the person was damaged. Then also Bamesh may maybe low to us. Nor does a person ever get involved in things that won't have any benefit. Stam Dvar Batalim that don't don't go anywhere and will not give a person any positive result, What's, the person doesn't get engaged in that, doesn't get involved in that. There's no joy when other people are down. Nor does this person ever mention to another individual that which you heard of. Doesn't go back and say, remember when you did this to me? And the council remind them and make them feel bad. None of that by this person. He will not bother other people. I, I, I'll, I'll rather do it myself than bother anybody else. Nor will I push myself upon them to sort of become burdens to them. Okay, there are people who just you know they 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 have no problem constantly asking and bothering people for things. Not this person. Person will not become any type of weight upon another person. But just the opposite. He helps them tremendously. Shabbos love when when negative things happen, He just thanks HaKadosh Baruch and it's all good. And he thanks and praises HaShem. And when something negative happens, is tremendous forbearance. He has Savonus. He accepts it. He does the person doesn't lash out. And he just uh, takes it well. When this person gets asked for something, The person's a giver. He gives it. And if somebody tries to extort, or tries to play financial games, he's moichodem. bakashaso. even when they don't, when they refuse to fulfill what he needs, if he asks for something, it will not change him from fulfilling the wishes of other people. There are people that we know that, uh, well, No, I don't help anybody because when I needed help, nobody helped me. So I'm not going to help anybody else. You know, uh, it's tit for tat and that's the way the world is. And no, I'm not going to be that sucker who's going to help other people. No, that's not a Torah approach. And this person, despite people not helping him, he will not desist from helping others. Even if other people distance themselves, he will go out of his way to bring other people close. Hurach Mechema. The person is softer than butter ormos midvash, sweeter than honey he he always tries to tell people to conduct themselves with honesty Sedek, he speaks righteousness, ozevis tavasov he leaves his passions withpolily omoso, another fascinating expression that we also mentioned this concept last time he's waiting for not that he's looking forward to death, but he's. Or she is anticipating and waiting for it. In other words, to be ready for it, and to not be afraid of it, and to recognize that the neshama is longing to get back with our Kaddish Baruch Hu, as we spoke about last time. So, it's a very amazing something you don't really see. Again, this is the second time we saw it in the Cholos Alavos, Something you don't really see in other svarim. But simply, anticipating and waiting for the day of death. The Kaimis Mashim he fulfills what uh, he promises. Chacham He's wise, he's zealous, moves with the alacrity. He values his soul way more than he values his body. Noach Labrios, he's easy with people, people like him, like her. He's a powerhouse in Torah and strong in conquering his yetzer, His inclination. Ganai. The person is free of all types of negative stains of uh, reputation, bad reputation. Doesn't people don't talk badly about the person? he helps the poor. Moshiach Sa'ashuk, and he uh, he uh, brings salvation to those who are oppressed. In a chosef mistar, does not reveal those things that are secret. Veyin megalasot, and will not break somebody's trust and confidence. Person is um, is a rock. Gam rabos, Even if the, if the challenges are great, there'll be no complaints. No complaints. The person takes it. You know, to think that all of this could be found in one person, I guess, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking about the Chavetz Chaim here as I'm, as I'm reading this. Um, when you see a good thing about, when this person sees a good thing about his friend, he publicizes it. He's, a, he's, he's a proud to share it. Ra olavdovara so. When he sees something negative, he covers it up. doesn't look to publicize a negative trait, make people feel bad, just the opposite. Everyone is very uh, happy in Ratzel. Very just um, natural uh, happiness and connection with this individual. Vlibo Sholomim Kulam in his heart is whole with all of them. He's uh, sharp and is God-fearing. When you connect yourself with this person, there's joy. And when you distance yourself from this person, you're sad. There's, there's a love that is created, and a joy that's created uh, when you're around this person. And the wisdom has purified this individual from all negative traits. And his humility brings about a chain in the eyes of all people. People like this individual. To the wise people, he reminds them of what they have forgotten. He teaches it to the fools or to the uh, lack of knowledge, people that are lacking knowledge. He teaches them what they don't know. So he's always ready to help out either somebody who forgot something or somebody who never knew anything. Anything that somebody else does is seen as better in this person's eyes than what he's doing. Okay, so that's part of what they say about Moshe Benu. His another was that, yeah, he had higher expectations. So when he saw somebody else doing something, he assumed that for them, that was actually on a higher level than what he was doing. He was, in a sense, so self-critical. And he sees everybody else's soul as more pure than his own soul. He recognizes his weaknesses. It doesn't sound like he has any, but if he or she did have any, they would be recognized. He remembers his sins. He loves God. He runs, or again, she runs to do the, the will of God. If somebody hurts him, there's no revenge. There's no revenge thoughts in this person's heart. And he will never, ever show any anger towards that person. This person connects to those who bring them closer to God, who gives them encouragement to do the right thing, not people who are going to bring them down. When it comes to who he sits by, he sits with the poor people. He likes the underdog. He likes those who are not at the Mizrachvan. We say about Rifpam, he was was the God of Adar and he was uh, the head of the yeshiva and he sat with the Tamidim as one of the people just in in the regular seat, right by the, not in front, but uh, by the lima where they read the Torah. Who owe this Tzedek, he loves righteous people. Nehmalan Ms, he's trustworthy to trustworthy people. People trust him. Ozil he helps the poor. Avli he's a father to orphans. Baal money he's a husband to widows. The Chabiris Adalim, he honors, and he gives honor to the uh, to the impoverished. Okay, this is, like I said, this is like, wow. I mean, just one thing after another. If we can maybe just keep some of these, but it's just an amazing list to really go over. And to and to try to see what of these you know where do I where do I stack up to some of these things and in fact the more we can put you know in that column that you know maybe I'm actually touching upon this a little bit how, how incredible we would be. And another additional aspect is that this person fulfills all of the duties of the heart. Yeah, he forgot to mention, and also this person fulfills the entire Sefer Chavos of everything we discussed till now. Oh, that's it, right? No, no big deal. I don't have to really go over them and tell you what they are, because A, you know them, and you can go back to the, uh, to the videotape. I don't want this chapter being too long. So I can't now go through the whole Sefer to remind you of all of the duties of the heart that a person needs to do, but that's included and with these words we will end for tonight what an incredible um must say to this uh, this uh, paragraph in this chapter is but you the reader he says da wow know and understand that which I just placed in front of you means he's saying to us, go over this and internalize it and think about it but if you want to know if somebody's a true parish they've got to be pretty amazing they've got to be pretty holy they've got to be pretty um, (laughs) uh, replete with all of these incredible qualities and if you see people acting in such a holy fashion but then you see other aspects of of their character that are missing these well then you know that something is wrong because apparently these are the things that need to exist within a person who is going to conduct himself in such a uh, special kind of way okay a lot to think about a lot to chew on. Um, okay, if you have any questions, we, uh, it's time to wrap it up, but the, certainly if you have any questions, please, you can ask them.